All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 74. This is actually the intro for episode 74. I have Jason Lingren with me, and we set out to cover uh, blood, basically, on the tale of the last things that we did that covered so much of the Red Cross. We set out to kind of show uh, the blood business, uh, something around 50% admitted of the blood supplies controlled by the Red Cross. We get into that. But as we started to do the research, a much more interesting picture about blood started to emerge that I've been aware of, but not to the degree that I am now having done the roughly seven days of research around it. Um, and that has to do with the RH factor in blood. And I'll reiterate a little here because uh, Jose, the wind from Jose was going by yesterday and there's a couple places where the file got messed up in the beginning. So um, the RH factor in blood uh, stands for rhesus and it comes from the rhesus monkey. And to be clear, since the beginning of the file is a little bit jacked up, just a little bit quickly. Um, if you are RH positive, there are people in this world who will consider that you are directly related to the rhesus monkey and share a gene, or that's not actually true, an antigen with the rhesus monkey, and that you're not pure human. Not kidding. And I go into this a bit. As a matter of fact, I would suggest to you that both in the beginning of the movie, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where Harvey Dent, or Arthur Dent, I guess it is, uh, is introduced, and it is claimed he is descended from monkeys, and then most Def comes walking up, who is a black man, and it is stated outright that he is not descended from monkeys. Um, of course, there is a whole obfuscation here that Jason and I tried to dig through, but for my money, it appears that if you truly have real African descent, that you are likely RH negative, therefore, if everything we've been told is true, there is no relation to the re rhesus monkey. Anyhow, wanted to get that in. Oh, and I will also add... Clearly, the original Planet of the Apes with Charlton Heston, when the astronauts are landing on this kind of monkey planet where all the apes are, uh, those are portraying real human beings coming down. And I will point out there is an African-American or black man on that crew who happens to be an actor I don't remember ever seeing anywhere but in that show, again, echoing the ideas and coding the ideas that we're going to talk about here. Um, this is a really interesting episode, and what I took away from it was everything that I'm going to share with you, but there was an overarching theme that I could not get away with. This stuff is obfuscated. It is hidden. You can go to two supposed medical or scientific sources, and they will tell you contrasting things that do not jive. Um, the idea of whether or not um, people who have true heritage from the African continent uh, could be considered purely human is one of the ideas that was heavily heavily attacked and obfuscated and lied about by the European community. Um, then the fact that Europeans, most of them, are RH positive, that was hidden and covered up in all these ways. So at the end of the day, we're going to present information here in the best way we can. But I'll tell you, man, this is one heck of a ball of yarn to unravel. But this is a damn interesting episode. And we try to tie over as much as we can to show where these ideas are echoed. Um, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to make up your own mind. For my money, people are people. Uh, you value a human being at, at face value. That's where I'm coming from. Um, anyhow, let's jump into the episode with Jason. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 74, and I have Jason Lingren with me. We're going to open up a can of worms here. We're going to talk about blood, and we're going to talk about other things that uh, a lot of people out there 
will have reaction to. So uh, without much further ado, welcome, Jason. Hello, Crow. So I got to ask you before we get started here, Jason, are you a monkey's uncle? (laughs) Well, all I can tell you is when I donated blood about 20 years ago, I came back with a card that said AB positive, which is supposed to be the second rarest blood type. So then according to what you just told me, there are people in this world that would say, yes, indeed, you are a monkey's uncle. That is correct. And one of those people right out of the gate would be Seth Green, right? Um, <laughs> what, 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 what's that show he runs on uh, Cartoon Network? I can never remember the name of it. Robot Chicken. So Robot Chicken, there is a production company where they make fun of at least 84 percent of the population at the end of every episode where they show an animated monkey seth green laughs and then he says stupid monkey the reason he's doing this is because if you're rh positive the implication being made here is that you share some kind of a genetic history with the rhesus monkey which is what rh stands for rhesus um but anyhow jason anything you want to add before we jump into this thing proper do you want to do the magazine first Yeah, I guess I'll mention it right out of the gate. I was offered an opportunity to write articles with absolutely no oversight, which I am all about, man. I am so sick of kind of YouTube and their oversight. I don't even use Facebook anymore or any other really form of social media. Well, I use Twitter to announce episodes, but I'm so freaking kind of done with the online censorship that when I got an offer to write anything I want with absolutely no oversight, I jumped on it. So I'm going to be writing recurring articles for a new print magazine from the Flat Earth community called Flat Earth Revival Magazine. Apparently, I'm told this Friday it will go on sale um, at Amazon. Uh, I'm not sure if that date is exactly right. I think that's what they're aiming for. And I've said often that I'm not really a part of the Flat Earth community but I truly appreciate what these people are doing. They're they're challenging the status quo here. And not only that, they're trying to put out a print magazine. And there's something to be said for that uh, in light of what I just mentioned with all the censorship online. So, yeah, there's that, Jason. Well, and that's exactly it. We meant necessarily neither of us subscribe fully to any kind of group or notion. But the whole point is that we're challenging everything, question everything. And people who are doing that sort of thing are just trying to do the same thing. Well, I can tell you flat out that our world is misdescribed. I can tell you flat out that space is misdescribed. So I truly appreciate what many of the people in the Flat Earth community are trying to do. The problem is, is that whenever you get a group of people, everybody knows the shenanigan that goes with groups, whether it's people coming in to cause trouble because they can or other people within the community doing unhelpful things. That's the main reason I don't participate in groups. But nonetheless, um, I've been handed an opportunity to write any damn thing I want in a magazine that will be both digital and print. And I jumped all over that, man, because I am so sick of where the internet is going and the amount of censorship that we have to deal with at this point. But anyhow, Jason, are you ready to jump in to the whole blood story? I mean, it's a hell of a thing, is it not? The blood is the life. So let's do this. All right, man, over to you. Let's jump in and start to break down what we have learned about blood, and we'll get into the whole rhesus monkey idea. And for 85% of us out there, um, it'll be something to think about. Anyhow, go ahead. So there are four normal blood types, A, B, AB, and O. There are 342 antigens, which are molecules in the blood that are capable of triggering the production of antibodies. 160 of the 342 group 
antigens are what's called high prevalence, meaning found in the red blood cells of most people. If blood is lacking an antigen that 99% of the population are positive for, that blood is considered rare. If the blood lacks one of that's 99.99% that are positive for, it is then considered very rare. If a particularly high prevalence antigen is missing from one's particular blood, that person is considered negative for that blood group. If that person receives blood from a positive donor, then the receiver's antibodies will most likely react with the donated blood and trigger an immunity response. And if it's something that's a serious thing, it can actually turn out to be lethal. All right. So there's probably a couple things we should address here before we get in. Part of what you just talked about refers to antigens. In terms of the RH factor, um, it's very confusing, and I think it's confusing for a reason. Um, I think it's partially confusing because it came from European labs initially. I think that's part of the reason it's confusing. But when we're talking about the RH factor, it is not only referred to as an antigen in some places, but it's also referred to as a protein, right? I've heard that said, and... What's interesting is I think it's been obscured on purpose, if I had to hazard a guess, because as we're going to get into, it seems that this RH factor has a lot to do with the elite bloodlines, and I do wonder if they've made it ambiguous at best to try and figure out, because I looked and looked and looked and looked and tried to figure out exactly what means what, and I kept seeing things described in different ways and different depending upon what the source yep. was. So I just want to say right out of the gates here that I'm not really all that sure. And I'm just going to present it as seen. Yeah, I think you're spot on, Jason. I think that this is purposely, I mean, you can go from source to source, even three different scientific, supposed scientific sources that have variants in what you're being told. I think this is absolutely obfuscated. I think there's a big truth being hidden. But anyhow, before we move on, um, the next point we're going to cover here is the RH factor or the rhesus factor, which most people will recognize from the name it is taken from, the rhesus monkey. Um, should we address the African thing before we get in, or do you want to hold off? No, I've got a whole section on that that we'll get to. So let's just say what this is at first, and that that is that there is one particularly special antigen involved in all of this called the RH factor. Most of the world's population is what is called RH positive. It means that their blood contains a particular protein called rhesus macaque. A much smaller percentage, somewhere around 15% of the entire world's population, are said to have RH negative. The RH negative factor is a recessive phenotype, and the RH positive is a dominant phenotype. All right. So should we break this down a little bit so that people get the whole RH thing? Or is that or is that within the scope of, of where we're going here? That is definitely where we're going to be going with this. But first, we're going to discuss the blood as a business to kind of put a, uh, a really good end cap on what we discussed last week with the Red Cross and all that. Okay, so let's just suffice it to say that you've just introduced what RH positive and what RH negative are. To be perfectly clear, RH stands for rhesus macaque. That is a monkey, all right? What the claim being made here, and the reason I'm using this kind of language is because so much of the information you can get on this varies. I mean, some of it is opposite. Where you can read certain things about true African heritage, you will see the exact opposite thing written in another place, and both are supposed scientific sources. So um, we'll get into this, and I used other means to try to verify it. But to be perfectly clear, if you are RH positive, as an example, A positive blood or AB positive blood, that means you're RH positive. 
the implication uh, with the current what's available knowledge about these things, the claim being made is that you share some kind of a heritage or genes or DNA on some level with the rhesus macaque monkey, okay? That's what's being said here. And they're calling it the RH factor. The word fact was intentionally lifted in here. Uh, words have meaning. To do the opposite side of the coin, which Jason kind of referenced, if you are RH negative, you make up a very small percentage of the world community, supposedly as small as 15%. And actually, if you're certain types of blood, it gets much lower. If you're O and RH negative, you're a very small percentage of the world population. But if you are RH negative, the claim being made is that you do not share any ancestry with a monkey, the rhesus macaque to be specific. This will play directly into supposed bloodlines, the elite, and God, everything under the sun. You have no idea. But did I cover that okay, Jason? You did, and there's one little fact I want to throw out there before we move on, and that's the uh, the monkey, the particular monkey we're, we're talking about, is from the Indian region. It's Southeast Asia, but its predominant area is from India. So, you know, if there's any truth to evolution, which, you know— which there's not. There's not really. Um, that's that's where that monkey comes from, and it's there's a lot of people who think that the cradle of civilization may not be Africa, it's India. So who knows, man? That that, that what this actually means. Well, I mean, the RH factor, when you get into it, is a very damn telling thing. Because first of all, if you just apply simple logic to what you're being told and try to confirm in some way, shape, or form the claims being made by the scientific community, um, you immediately recognize that um, the idea of evolution out of Africa doesn't hold water. Even if you remove it from Africa, it still doesn't hold water. Um, you have people like Mark Twain on the record, and I can't quote exactly, I don't have it in front of me, but he was saying things like the cradle of all civilization came from India, the roots of language, all these things about India, people like Twain said. Um, what you're looking at here, if there is any accuracy to it, um, and I think there is some accuracy to it. It's just hard to know the specifics because it's clearly been hidden. And if I had to guess, a big part of the reason it's hidden is because of the European view of African people. I think that had a lot to do with it. But my point here is this. If, in fact, the RH positive factor that is placed on a blood type does in fact relate that blood type to a rhesus macaque, I mean, uh, there's not too many ways that you could get that into a blood type and evolution won't cover it. So anyhow, I'll just stop there, Jason. I could ramble on this for way too long. It's just, there's so much here. Go ahead. Well, and the other important thing about India is that we, we all know anybody who looks at religions and things like that, there's an importance to the triune god, and the earliest one comes out of India. So there seems to be, uh, you know, seems to be some sort of there there as far as is that the er earliest civilizations where things were taken from. That, that's what it kind of looks like. So just something to ponder out there, folks. It's that I'd throw that in there to kind of tie that part up. I would add, you know, and I just thought of this just now. I should have looked it up. There are actually temples, Hindu temples in India, that are dedicated to monkeys. And I believe those are rhesus macaques, and I may be wrong there. I'll try to look it up when you're talking on one of your longer points. But uh, there are, in fact, Mus or, uh, Hindu temples uh, dedicated to monkeys. And if I remember correctly, those are rhesus monkeys. But anyhow, back to you. So to finish up the, uh, the intro here, there are some interesting theories regarding Rh-negative blood, and more specifically, 
O negative. Some say that it is the blood of the royalty lineage, as we discussed, and it's immune or near immune to cancer and HIV. But as we said, we're going to get more into this later. So it is quite likely that regular blood donors, who I'm sure feel like they're doing something selfless to help others, and, and you know, they, they are, they don't realize that the blood they donate is actually being sold. It is, in fact, part of a multi-billion, with a B, dollar business. The Red Cross has a reported annual operating budget of $1.7 billion, and they collect 6.5 million units of blood each year. They are also said to control 44% of the national blood supply market. Most not-for-profit blood organizations will not reveal how much they charge hospitals per pint of blood. The average pint of blood retail, I believe this would be, costs between $130 to $300, from what I can find anyway. Uh, the, the numbers were kind of all over the place. But it also depends upon several factors, such as any current supply and demand issues, and also the location, whether you're in an inner city or out in the middle of nowhere and that kind of thing. So there it is, man. The the plot thickens here. We've already tied the Red Cross to the Rothschild family. Um, you know, it, it, there there's no getting away from these kind of bankster ruling class people who own so much of everything, but here they are collecting nearly 50% of all the blood, and anyone who's ever given blood understands what that means. It means your blood's been typed, both as type and RH factor. It means it's been tied to your identity. Um, it means a lot of things. I mean, what, what do you think about all this, Jason? The, this is a hell of a salient bullet point. Well, just the fact that they control so much, and they do tell you, well, they run your your blood type, obviously. So if there's something to any of this, they know what's going on because a lot of people do give blood. So they could get at an approximation of who is what and where, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any secret here that it would be very easy to start to identify RH factors and blood types across large parts of the population. And this sets aside the old standard that my parents went through, that if you wanted to get married, you had to have a blood test to determine your RH factor. The reason that we were told back in the day that a blood test was required at marriage for RH factor was this – if the mother was RH negative, in other words, no connection to the rhesus monkey, and the father was RH positive, there was a chance that the child could become RH positive and that the antibodies of the mother would fight off the fetus. And I may not be saying that exactly correctly. It's very confusing, but you get the gist of what I'm saying, almost as if they are saying that the mother and the father are two different species. I mean, think about what we're saying here. Two human beings come together to have a child. Uh, the father is RH positive. The mother is RH negative. I think blood type might play into this, by the way. I've forgotten. Um, and so what they're saying is, is if the child takes on the RH factor of the father, the mother's body might actually try to fight off the fetus as a, uh, a pathogen, for lack of a better word. I mean, that's what we were told back in the day. Now, here's the rub. I have some problems with... Um, these descriptions because I have actual family members. One of the things we're told about the RH negative mother is that sometimes 
the first child is unaffected, even if it's Rh positive, because the antibodies don't exist yet in the mother's bloodstream. But when that second child comes, there's a real danger. Well, here's the problem. I actually know a mother who is Rh negative in my family, um, and she had three children. There was not a problem for any of them, and we're reasonably sure that the father was Rh positive. Um, so I'm just not sure what to make of all this. But anyhow, Jason, did I let anything slip through the crack there? No, that, that's pretty much it. The thing you got to remember is that the Rh negative is the recessive gene and the Rh positive is the dominant gene. So if you've ever, if you think back to high school biology class where they did the little charts uh, of the mother and the father and what can happen, you can see that the depending upon which way it went, if the dominant genes took over, then yes, the child would have the positive. And basically the person with the negative blood, which would be the mother views that as an invader, just like as if you right. had a had a sickness or something. Almost like a different species. I mean, it's almost like taking, uh, you know, a rabbit and a goat and trying to breed them. You can't do that. So it's it's kind of a bizarre thing, if there's truth to this, um, that you can have two what we consider to be human beings, a mother and a father, have a kid, but the RH factor of the father is passed to the child, and then the mother, RH negative, tries to fight off the fetus as a pathogen. Um, it's a strange, strange thing to think about, man. Um, and it really does kind of feed into this idea of, of the monkey link in a way. Um, anyhow, I'll let you keep pushing. We'll get there. All right. So the average unit of human blood has a shelf life of 42 days. There is actually a lot of waste. Statistics say one in 20 donated units get discarded. Some claims are that the units do not meet FDA standards and are therefore not usable. Now, this could be due to a positive test result for some sort of disease, especially a sexually transmitted disease, or issues during processing because they do have to do a lot of thing, purification kind of things to make the blood usable as a medical product. Well, I'd like to point one thing out about the Red Cross right now. So often when you show up to be asked, you know, when you're going to donate blood, the Red Cross is behind it. Um, you're asked to give away your life's blood, and then they turn around and sell it somewhere between 130 to $300 a unit. Can you imagine, Jason, any other business model where people basically just give you the product and then they turn around and mark it up hundreds of percentage, all pure profit? Yeah, that, I mean, that's pretty much the notion. You uh, you know, you get a biscuit and a glass of juice and thank you very much, and this is how they do their business. Now, that's not to say that blood isn't needed. Like, I don't want to, you know, get that notion out there. Of course, blood is needed all over the world. So, you know, it, it's up to you to decide what the moral high ground is there for that. Well, I would point out that if you are, in fact, selling a unit of blood for 130 to $300 a unit, then the person donating the initial product, which is a unit of blood, could be paid something, um, you know, if that's really the case. Think, think of all the people who are so poor, they donate sperm or any number of things. I'm just pointing out, you know, basically you're being asked to give the product to a Rothschild. <laughs> and then that Rothschild marks a free product up to 130 to 300 bucks a unit. So there it is. Anyhow, back to you. That sounds just like their model. I mean, let's think about the Federal Reserve and the nonsense they pull there, you know, money right. from nothing and your chicks for free, you know? That, that's exactly what it is. Someone sits down at a computer, taps a few keys and money is made. Then it's loaned at interest. So it's not just marked up. It's like, you know, marked up to a factor of Lord knows. But anyhow, let's keep pushing. So to to back up what you just said, one can make money 
off of your blood, and that's through selling plasma if you so desire. And you can do that one to two times a week because it's not taking your entire blood. It's, it's a part of your blood. So depending upon several factors, uh, your weight, your, where you're at, that kind of thing, it can pay 20 to $50 each time. Some places see such regular paid donors, by the way, that they use specialized debit cards with the money showing up on the card once the donation is complete. Now, done regularly, a person can actually make a few hundred extra dollars each month if you're cool with rolling up your sleeve and having a needle shoved in your arm for however long it takes. I've never done that. Uh, plasma is used as a medical product for people with clotting disorders, immune deficiency disorders, lung and liver disease from hereditary conditions, uh, used for burn treatments, and something called hyperimmune globulin issues, and which had, a, when I looked it up, a whole pile of things under it, and I didn't want to bore everyone. You know, during the research, Jason, there were people um, who I found making statements that had a rare blood type, usually RH negative, um, that had come to the United States at some point and given blood. And it, they their claim was like the medical community was on them like white on rice, contacting them numerous times in a year, trying to get blood from them, putting them on a registry. Some of these people even claimed um, that they were pulled out of school when they were kids. And the first time I read the account, I thought, yeah, you know, who knows what the truth of it is. But by the time I'd read the account for the fourth or fifth time of people claiming because of their rare RH negative blood type, they'd been pulled out of school and shown these cards, no description of the card was ever given, and asked what they saw in the cards, and that was the extent of it, uh, I began to think there's really something to uh, blood type and who they would really are interested in society. Um, it feels to me like 85%, and we'll get to the, uh, what are those stones called, Jason? The Georgia Guidestones. Yeah, we'll get to the Georgia Guidestones. You know, Jason and I were talking offline yesterday, and the percentages that are worked into the Guidestones absolutely work on the ideas that we have here. But my point being is I think there is no getting away from that certain blood types are viewed as just about as valuable a thing as you could ever get your hands on. Anyhow, keep pushing, and let's get into the – well, did you have something to add? Well, to look that, at that purely objectively speaking, of course, if – there's blood types that are much more rare than others. I could understand why a blood organization would stay on people who have that blood type because obviously they're not going to get donation-wise that blood type anywhere near as often. So, you know, from a pure outsider looking in, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. Right. And there's the whole idea that we we're told that like O can donate to anyone, but anyone cannot donate to O type blood. Um, there's there's these ideas as well. Um, at the end of the day, uh, it seems pretty clear that when you have a place like Red Cross, you know, cornering the market on so much of the blood supply. And then when you do research and just try to figure out the truth about RH factor, you can tell there's a game being played here. You can tell that there is something critically important that no one is really willing just to step up to the line and talk openly about that you have to deduce, you know, basically deduce and use logic to try to get where you're going. But anyhow, let's let's tie let's tie over to the the special people. Let's let's go over to royalty. Absolutely. The use of the phrase blue blood seems to come from the medieval European belief that royalty, nobility, elite, whatever you want to call them, had blue blood. They had enough power, wealth, and influence that they could afford to have the lower classes do their dirty work for them. Since the aristocrats were able to stay inside and avoid long hours in the fields out in the sunlight, they were often described, and even in old paintings you can see, as being quite pale, 
so much so that their blue veins showed under their translucent skin. And this is said to have led the poor people to believe that their blood was actually, in fact, blue. Nowadays, it just generally refers to people from old money, those kinds of families who have been wealthy types for generation after generation. So you'll hear it bantied around about the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and all that sort of thing. Well, there's there's a few things here. You know, I started to get into the whole eye color thing and um, see the statistics on eye color because so many people always comment that, you know, in Hollywood, so many blue eyes. And incidentally, the the idea in some places plays into the blue blood idea. Some places claim that the reason you see blue in people's eyes is that you're seeing through to the color of their veins or something to that effect. I saw a few variations on that description, but I can say this. When I begin to read about things like this, the problem is is so much of it is hearsay. So much of it is clearly hidden on purpose, and then there's disinformation thrown in. But I can add this to, to what I know to be true from firsthand observation. Of the people that I know certainly who are RH negative – they do, in fact, fit some of the traits that describe RH negative people, which would play into the idea of blue blood, because almost anybody who was going to be classified blue blood would almost certainly be RH negative from my point of view. It is said that people, a lot of people who have RH negative blood are light sensitive. In other words, if they're out on a sunny day, they'd want sunglasses. I know this to be true uh, of people I know who are RH negative. It is further said that quite often their body temperature is a bit lower and that their blood pressure is a bit lower. I can confirm all three of those things from firsthand observation of people that I know in my life that have the RH negative blood. So I'll add that in because as we get in here, Jason, it is a real kind of web to untangle, is it not? It totally is. All right, go ahead. Keep pushing. Let's get back to the RH factor. Yes. So it seems to be mostly associated with white Europeans in general, with actual st stats for Europe having a 90% or so RH positive factor. The highest concentration of all, 40%, is found among certain tribes living in the Atlas Mountains of Morocco, and that is, of course, in Africa, for, if you don't know. The second is in the Basque region of Spain, said to be between 25 to 32%, depending upon the location. Next would be Northwest Ireland, the Highland Scots, and the Western Islanders of Norway, all having between 16 to 25% with the laps of Norway and Finland having between 5 to 7%. There is also a reporting of two small isolated populations of the same tribe, one located in Chad and one in Senegal, again in Africa, and each of those tribes having approximately 25%. So is the Senegal one the Berber people? Is that correct? Do you know? I, I think so, yes. And there, there is Berber people, but let's just clarify what you said because I think it's a little confusing. Basically, 90 90 some percent or something above 85 percent uh, in the European blood groups is RH positive. In other words, a connection to the rhesus macaque gene, the monkey gene. Um, everything he read after that was people who are uh, negative, RH negative. So when we're talking about the Basque region, as far as I can tell from the research we just did, the Basque region is one of the highest concentrations of people who have the RH negative attribute to their blood. In other words, no connection to the rhesus macaque. Um, and then he goes through the, the northern highlands, the Scots. Uh, in Norway, there's large, large populations, the Laps, uh, Finland, and then, of course, in Chad and Senegal and Africa. And we're going to come back to this African idea, but um, 
I think the African idea in itself may play heavily into the information that is available uh, specifically concerning the RH negative attribute or factor to blood type. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, and that's the confusing thing. I'm not sure what they're referring to, and I'm going to get to that in a few minutes, what what the difference is because you've got one side saying that they're the pure humans, which would be the Africans, and then the RH negative of the Europeans are saying that they don't have any connection to the rhesus monkeys for whatever whatever that means. And the other thing, of course, is the royalty people are, of course, all of European descent of some way, shape, or form, but they're RH negative, but 90 plus percent of Europeans are RH positive. So it's very odd, and, and we don't know exactly how this even would have come out, you know? Well, I would point out that you haven't mentioned or didn't mention, what is it, the Ashkenazi? What's the, the correct name? Ashkenazi. Ashkenazi, uh, supposed Jews, which are, there's there's a whole story there. Are we going to get into this or should I explain it here, Jason? Uh, no, I've got that lower on on the list. I'm I kind, of, kind of walking through all those. Okay, then go ahead. Keep on pushing through the royal bloodlines. Right. It does seem to be that the royal bloodlines are all, or at least mostly all, of the RH negative factor, and they have an interesting predominance of O negative. And it also seems that uh, the ones that have admitted it in public, like there was a uh, an article that uh, Prince Charles admitted that he was O negative, so that seems to be in the, uh, well, they're called the Windsor family, but in fact, they're of German and Transylvanian descent, and their real name is actually Saxe-Cobert-Gotha, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Right. So what you're about to point out is that it is presumed that O negative rarely is affected by cancers. And I would point out again that this whole blood thing seems to have been known about for a very long time to the point where even the scientific community has been affected with the information that comes out to just average people like Jason and I to the whole overarching what it means in the scope of things. It's all kind of obfuscated. And I think there's a reason for that. If I had to venture an educated guess, and this is a very educated guess, I would estimate that things like the way our food supply has been messed with um, to who knows what they're spraying over our heads. You know, so many people always come in and say chemtrails can't be real because the royal families of Europe are breathing the same air we are and they're the same as we are. Well, I would point out, no, they're not. Um, they're part of a very rare blood type and they're all RH negative. So who knows what could be playing into why average people with more common blood types and positive RH attributes are subject to more disease, more cancer, more things like this. And I think there's rhyme or reason to it. I think it's been well known for a long time um, that certain things affect certain blood types in a certain way. There are even books written that you can go look up online that people have taken effort to show if you are a certain blood type, then that should affect your diet. And to me, that makes perfect sense. And all the research I have done, all the years that I have been alive, I have often thought that we are really missing the boat when we ignore alchemy. And that's about time of year. It's the same idea that a farmer plants in the spring because that's what nature requires. So if you were born in a certain time of year, maybe the medicine and the foods you eat should vary from someone who was born at a different time of year. All these ideas, I think, are critically important for those who value the natural system. And I know I wandered a bit, but let's get back to, to royalty here, Jason. Well, you know, it's interesting what you just said, and I hadn't really thought about this when I was writing this up yesterday, we should have looked up to see, like, when people are brought into the royal family, for instance, the the nice young lady that married uh, Prince William. Right. What is she? You know, is there, hey, I like you, I want to date you, but I got to have a blood test first kind of thing. 
Of course. You know, what what goes on there. And then as you pointed out about the uh, the time of year of birth and everything like that, were they timing out, because they have two children now, when these children would be conceived and then, of course, born. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if everything you just said is actually really backed up by what they have, in fact, done in real life. I, I think we, you know what, Jason, now that you bring it up, I hadn't even really considered it until we hit this bullet point and I got off on that tangent, which related to alchemy and working within the natural system. Um, you know, I have long thought from the alchemical studies that I've done that probably there was a time when human beings most of aimed to be born near the spring equinox. Um, in other words, um, you were conceived around the height of the sun's power in June at some point. Um, I think it's an interesting idea. We should do it. We should do it at some point, go back and start to take apart <clears throat> conception dates and birth dates of royals. And I know people are going to chime in with their, not the gender you think they are, but I don't know how to deal with that. But anyhow, back over to you. Now, the, the gender thing, you know, we know that's going on, but sometimes it's just yeah, I mean, where are you going to get evidence? You know, they're, they're not going to come out and admit it. So I, mean, it is what I don't it know. Is. Yeah, I don't know how to unravel it in a meaningful way that just doesn't seem like a big wad of conspiracy. Um, there is something to it. Absolutely something to yes. it. There is no doubt in my mind. But how how you structure some rules around that and make it demonstrable in a meaningful way, I, I don't know how to get there right now anyhow. But anyhow, it's all you. No, but the easy thing to look up is, of course, uh, as far as the the more recent ones anyway, we could easily find out their birthdays and we can just see, did, was there a rhyme and reason to what they what was done in these families so yeah let's do that that should be interesting and if there's nothing to it we'll, we'll know and if there is we'll definitely know right i agree we should do it um we can roll back to conception dates nine months earlier and and then see if people are popping out around uh, the spring equinox or fall equinox or who knows summer solstice or winter solstice hard to know we'll have to look now not of course only the uh the royal bloodlines are rh negative the official royal bloodlines, but many U.S. presidents have been as well, with, on record, everyone since Eisenhower, supposedly to have been RH negative. And th that does include the current president, Donald J. Trump, who is the supposed outsider. Right. And the idea that Trump is an outsider is just people being foolish. If there's a person sitting in that position, he's there or she is there for a reason. And I would point out, you know, you're pointing at Eisenhower. So that pulls it back in the, you know, the the rough time zone of World War Two. Um, if I remember correctly from the research, the RH factor wasn't even really nailed down scientifically until what, the 40s or something like that? Uh, it was like the turn of the century when they first started coming around with it, like figuring things out. But it wasn't until like the 30s and all that. And World War II is actually when the Red Cross really kind of kicked into high gear because of the the needed blood. That's when they started doing a lot of the tests and making sure that as best as they could without obviously computerized systems back then, that soldiers' blood types were known to get them what they needed. Right. I suspect the truth is, is that the ideas that are expressed here in more scientific terms or modern terms have been known for as long as people have been in charge. Uh, I, I don't think there's any really questioning that. Um, but I would further point out, Jason, um, well, I'll, I'll save I'll save this idea. Go ahead. Keep keep on pushing through. Now, as we discussed earlier, problems during pregnancy can occur when RH antibodies from an RH sensitized woman cross the placenta and attack the blood of an RH positive fetus. 
The Rh antibodies destroy some of the fetal red blood cells. This causes a condition called hemolytic anemia, where red blood cells are destroyed faster than the body can replace them. And this, of course, can be fatal to the child if not kept in check. And this can be kept in check with shots of what's called RHD immune globulin, a medication used to prevent RH isoimmunization in mothers who are RH negative and to treat idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura in people who are RH positive. I am not good with medical terms, by the way, folks. <laughs> it is often given both during and following the pregnancy to make sure everything runs smoothly and the mother's body goes back to what it was, the state it was in beforehand. So here's the crux of the whole idea of a special bloodline in the world and the rest of us just commoners. But here's the idea at play. As I pointed out early in the episode, Seth Green likes to make fun of 85% of the world's population by calling them stupid monkeys at the end of his show uh, every week on the Cartoon Network. Uh, this is not the only place this is done, but this is what they're referring to here. The idea that's being addressed in this bullet point is as follows. A mother is RH negative, a, a father is RH positive. While some fathers who are RH positive can have a baby that is RH negative, they're diploid, or I forget the correct term for that, uh, quite often the father passes his RH positive onto the fetus, into the mother, who is RH negative, whose bodies and immunosystem then attacks the fetus or the blood of the fetus. The idea here is that the mother is a human being, 100% pure human being and that that fetus has monkey in it. And so the pure human being is fighting off the monkey. That is the idea behind so much of what is encoded by the kind of elite idea. Um, it's a blunt way to state it, but I don't know how else to state it. Um, that is, in fact, what's going on here. And I didn't just go into the research here to find what was stated in the scientific communities and listen to what the conspiracy folk were saying. I used logic and I used the encoded memes that I have seen since I was a child in movies. As an example, in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the movie, not the book. You will see that when they're introducing Har or Arthur Dent, that they say, here's Arthur Dent. He's five foot whatever, has this color eyes, and he's descended from monkeys. And then when Mo's Def walks up, a black man, they say, here's his best friend who is not descended from monkeys. There is a reason for these things. This is coming out of Hollywood. They are making a point here that most of us miss, and it has directly to do with the rhesus monkey factor or RH factor. Um, I could even tie this to Planet of the Apes if I wanted to take up another 20 minutes of your time. But to suffice it to say that Charlton Heston in his spaceship with his two partners, one of which is black, which is key, um, come down to a planet that is infested with monkeys or apes. Um, this is all encoded for a reason. But anyhow, Jason, I don't want to track off too far, but I want to be very clear to people um, what is being encoded out of Hollywood in media and the mindset of those people that would consider them elite who are pretty much literally, as far as I can tell, saying, I am a human being and you're part monkey. There's another interesting thing I'd like to point out with what you just said. That, if I remember correctly, is in the original Douglas Adams writings and the radio show where, where Hitchhiker started from. I'm 99% yep. I'm positive that Douglas Adams, pretty much that line was lifted with a direct translation over to the movie. So, you know, the radio show that came out in the late 70s first, then he rewrote it into the novels, 
uh, than it was a TV show in the early 80s, and then, of course, the movie from 2005-ish. So that was kept in there, you know, maybe for a very good reason, as you're pointing out. Of course it was, and most Def is playing the part when they make it very clear that a black man is walking up and he does not possess the monkey gene. Um, and this is a critical thing uh, because so much of what you and I just plowed through to do the research for this episode are working very hard to hide that fact that was just encoded in the movie, one of the movies I could mention many. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. So back to you. Yeah, and of course, uh, the character of Ford Prefect was not played by a black guy when they showed him on TV. He was a little little British guy. So, you know, maybe that was done on purpose, as, as we're discussing, because we know at least the newer the movies get, the worse they seem to get with the symbolism and, and the implications and everything. So, you know, make of that as you will. Right. I would just say to people, go rewatch the beginning of Hitchhiker's Guide where most deaf walks up and you tell me, um, are they telling you something or is it just more endless, useless banter? Um, you've heard my point of view, but let's keep pushing, Jason. So there are said to be many traits associated with RH negative blood types. These traits that I'm about to read are taken off of a website that's dedicated to uncovering the mysteries around RH negative blood type by people with RH negative blood type. And I'll go through through these one at a time slowly in case there's anything you want to add, Crow, because some of them seem like total bunk and some of them seem like there are, you know, there's something to it. So the first would be a feeling of not belonging. They are truth seekers. <laughs> you know, part, part of the problem with what we're about to do here, Jason, it just occurred to me is that of all the blood types, any one of them can be RH negative, right? Um, but there is a real difference when you get to O negative, in my view. Um, and when you're looking at O negative, I think we begin to lose some of these stereotypical traits that are associated with RH negative, like empathy and compassion for mankind. Mm -hmm. I think we could make the argument that the O blood type with the RH negative factor attached to it is kind of cold and callous. But anyhow, I just wanted to put that. Go ahead and burn through these, man. Sense of a mission in life. Empathy and compassion for mankind, an extra rib or vertebrae. Okay, we got to address this one. Um, it was some years ago when I began to notice um, in certain movies that the women were being shown uh, with a camera angle and an intention that showed that their necks were way too long. At first, I just began to notice it, and then I began to record things and rewind it and look, and I was astonished, thinking that must have been CGI to get someone's neck to look that long. Off the top of my head, I think the movie The Astronaut's Wife with Charlize Theron and Johnny Depp has a shot of Charlize Theron that does this kind of giraffe neck thing. But as I looked into the RH research, in fact, I guess an extra river vertebra is associated with this. The reason I bring it up is because the word neck breaks down to 33. There are a litany of movies and now websites anyone can go look up that address actresses, mostly actresses, with necks that seem to be too long. Anyhow, there's the idea. thought I'd insert it. And, you know, what, what do you think there is to that? What, what do you think the implication is? Because that's one I haven't really looked into. I think they're showing off a bloodline. That's what I think, um, because it's a bizarre thing where you'll see a shot from a certain angle and, and it's quick. 
And if you're paying attention, you think, man, that that's a freaking giraffe neck. How can a person even have a neck that long? And then all of a sudden, the new camera angle comes and uh, the illusion or whatever you're being shown is not there anymore. But when you go back and look carefully, you see that there's something to it. And I can prove there's something to it because I looked at this idea for a long time, never really mentioning it to anyone. Maybe my wife I mentioned it to before I finally realized that the word neck breaks down to 33. Then I talked about it a little. It was at that point that I went online and realized I was not alone. There were whole websites that had been set up to address this kind of giraffe neck thing in these famous female A-list actors. Um, so that, that's what I can say, I guess. So this is something that's cropped up more than once in movies then? I would invite people to go look up the websites that address it and the movies where this is apparently shown in. Um, I have seen, and I can't recall anything more than The Astronaut's Wife right now, but I have seen movies where it's almost shocking um, the initial view where they give you where it almost looks like you're not looking at a human being because the neck is so long and it's almost always done for a second or two and then a corrected camera angle or something comes to bear and everything looks normal again. Um, but this is done all the time in movies. Well, I wanted to get that explanation out there because that's one that I hadn't come across and, um, well, I don't watch a ton of movies either, so I, I, I've never seen that particular one. So anyway, I just wanted to make sure we, we discuss that a little bit for the listeners. Yeah, if I if I had to guess, Jason, it's 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 making hay out of a special bloodline for people in the know. That would be my guess. What's going on there? All right. So getting back to this list, the next one is higher than average IQ. I, I think we can all agree there's probably something to this. Um, anyhow, the next one, too. ESP ability. Yeah, there's an idea here, too, that I guess we should express. In some of the places where they were talking about the RH negative factor in the red blood cell, they were talking about it in this way, that when an, a red blood cell is RH negative, it doesn't have like a membrane around it. Um, often, if you go look up RH factor and some science person is describing to you uh, how it should look, they will picture the red blood cell with like a membrane around it and then a lump, which is an antigen of some sort. Like if you're A, you would have the antigen for B. If you're B, you would have the antigen for A, this type of idea. So there would be a round lump on the membrane around or a sharp point, you know, the way they demonstrate it. So the idea of ESP here was being spoken about as a red blood cell that is not encumbered by an extra kind of membrane around it, if that makes any sense. No, no, that makes total sense. So next, we've got love of space and science, more sensitive vision and other senses. I've confirmed this of my own volition. I know this to be true of the RH negative people that I am aware of. Increased psychic or intuitive abilities. I would say the same thing here. Uh, the, the people that I'm referring to are all female by the way, um, and they do seem to have real intuitive abilities. Now, I do have a friend in New Orleans named Laura who is RH negative, and she definitely falls into a lot of these categories. So, As you hit the next one, I have kind of a problem with it. but Yep, and I, like I said, I took this off of a website, so this is not necessarily facts that I think are 100% accurate, but uh, the next one is cannot be cloned. And the first thing I would say is, how the hell would anyone even know that in the first place? <laughs> Well, I have real problems with the descriptions of cloning the Dolly the Sheep thing we've been handed and some of the other stories we've been handed. So I'll just put that out there that, that I don't really accept uh, much of the standard explanation of cloning in the way it's been handed us. But I'll let you keep going. And by the way, the next point you're about to make, uh, the next two points, um, and actually it's lower, not higher, uh, I can confirm from firsthand observation. 
Yeah, lower body temperature. Yep. Higher blood pressure, but some say lower. Yeah, it would be lower. Predominantly blue, green, or hazel eyes. That's another thing. Here's the thing about the eyes of the RH negative people uh, that was made in the research that I did, the claims made in the research and that I have witnessed myself. They tend to have lighter colored eyes. Quite often it'll be blue or gray or some something like that, but that they have what's called mood eyes. And I have actually witnessed this and it is, I've only witnessed it in one person. That person is RH negative. Um, if they become emotional, their eyes change color. Um, as an example, anger, the color blue would just drain out to gray and it's like noticeable. It is a very, very weird thing, um, but I've witnessed it firsthand. Well, that's very cool. Uh, let's see, red or reddish tint to their hair color. Yeah, there's going to be a whole takeoff on this that has to do with the Scottish uh, populations where uh, there's a claim made, and I think there may be some truth to it because there's echoes and encoding and memes all around it, that initially people who had blue eyes, uh, possibly even green eyes and red hair were considered healers and special in those communities before modern civilization. I think there is something to it, but again, these are difficult things to demonstrate. Go ahead, man. Increased sensitivity to heat and sunlight. I've confirmed this in spades. This is a true thing. Um, I've I've lived in California my whole life. I could go a day with or without sunglasses. Um, I know people who, with the smallest increase in sunlight, can't deal with it, have to have sunglasses or something to reduce the light, and these people are RH negative. Unexplained scars. Piercing eyes tend to be healers of some sort. Empathic illnesses. Ability to disrupt electrical devices. Now, there's one I'd like to see. I've never witnessed anything like that. that. <laughs> but anyhow, this next point is, is a bit interesting. Yeah, again, how are you going to prove this? Prone to alien abductions. This was almost everywhere um, associated with the RH negative uh, blood factor, and I find it interesting to say the least. There could be something to it, but Jason and I have taken quite a bit of effort to show that the modern cultural alien construct was brought to you by sci-fi and comic book writers and, uh, of course, the Tavistock Institute. But that is not to say that, you know, who knows what's alive in a whole universe if there is such a thing. Go ahead, Jason. Experiencing unexplained phenomena. Okay, lastly. That could mean anything, really. Uh, psychic yeah. dreams and or ability. Now, I think there's something to this, too, uh, of the people that I've mentioned here. Uh, the, a bit of this plays into it. And uh, another odd attribute was that a lot of dreams with famous people in them, for whatever that's worth. But uh, there's some interesting ideas behind the RH factor, like there were claims made. I did. I looked for video of it, where if you take RH positive blood and RH negative blood and put it in the same Petri dish, that apparently it is claimed the RH negative blood tries to get away from the RH positive blood. <laughs> I would like to see that firsthand. But there is also another claim which seems it's a bit more um, substantiatable, uh, if that's a word, which I know it's not, um, that RH negative people tend to gravitate towards one another and that if they are at a certain level of psychic ability that they can easily identify each other. And I think there's something to that. But anyhow, Jason, uh, we're getting close to the top of the hour. You want to push forward here some more? Or what do you want to do? Well, I want to address something that I, I thought was very odd when I was going through this. According to the Red Cross, and I'm actually curious what your actuality is. According to the Red Cross, I am AB positive blood. However, going through this list, I can tell you since I was a very small child, 
I had a feeling of not belonging. I've always been a truth seeker. I've always had a sense of a mission in life. I've always had empathy and compassion for mankind. I have no idea if I have an extra river vertebrae. I don't think so. I think it's safe to say I have a higher than average IQ. ESP ability, yeah, I've always been extremely empathic. Um, I've always loved space and science. Uh, let's see, increased psychic intuitive abilities, probably. Couldn't tell you if I could be cloned or not. My body temperature has always been lower. I've always run about 97 instead of 98.6. You know, and I don't need to keep going through this. People have often described me as having piercing eyes. Um, So, you know, if I'm falling into these categories, was I lied to? Did they not want to tell me that I was RH negative? Or is it just I just happen to be me and that's that? All right, let's cut to the chase here, Jason. Um, In the research, there is the idea, and I keep using the word diploid, but I know it's the wrong word, so I'm just stating that outright for the audience. A father who's going to have a child with an RH negative mother who is RH positive. So the mother has no monkey connection. The father apparently does with the RH factor. It is said that some of those fathers can sire a child that is RH negative. In other words, they carry the ability to pass on RH negative, which means it must have been in them in some way to start with. Now, I couldn't get to the base of this. I kept going back on this idea. And the reason I did is because Jewishness is always tracked through the mothers. As a matter of fact, uh, from Jewish friends I have had, and I I was told this before I even paid attention too much about any of this, um, that if you are Jewish, half Jewish, and your father is Jewish, it doesn't count, apparently. You have to be half Jewish on your mother's side for it to count. I was told this by a number of friends I had over the course of my life. We're going to get into this. Uh, what's What's the proper usage of the Ashkenazi the Ashkenazi Jews um, we're going to get into this in the second hour and I want to mention it here apparently and this is quite a stunning thing um, as you know so much of Hollywood and other places can be related to this supposed sect of Judaism they can apparently track their bloodline back to four women who are unrelated and the men don't matter so this is the whole idea but to get back to you Jason I could not get a satisfying answer to how it is a father can carry the ability to pass on the RH negative and not somehow have it in him to start with. Um, But clearly, he can also, I guess, pass on the RH positive, which would in some way relate him to the rhesus monkey gene, or I guess antigen is a better way to say it. But anyhow, let's break down quickly what we're going to get into, Jason, and I want to include the whole African idea. I think it's so critically important, and I think it is so critically important for the reason that much of what you can read about RH factor, I think, is skewed because of the African connection. That's what I think. And, you know, again, we're really not sure. A lot of this does indeed seem to be obfuscated because, as I stated earlier in the show, I, I couldn't figure it out exactly. So I'm just presenting everything as I found them. So in the second hour, we're going to address more of the qualities involving around the RH negative and then what certain African people are saying regarding all of this and that they are the true human beings. So it's it's a very interesting subject. And, you know, I, I can't give you an exact answer. I can merely present you with evidence and take it from there, you know. 
Well, one of the interesting things as I got into this idea, what I did is I went back into media to look for the encoding, which I pointed out in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where it's just thrown right in your face. Then I went and related it to something as obvious as Planet of the Apes, because we're talking about the rhesus monkey antigen here. So clearly a movie like Planet of the Apes is going to be echoing the ideas we see here. And of course, one of the humans that comes to the ape world is black and he's a black actor that you never see before and you never see him again in another movie there's a reason for these things but um inside research to try to confirm it one way or another i began to find that it, there are many claims that the genome of true africans um is much more diverse um than european uh, and i found this in a lot of places i think it's safe to say jason that a true african descent or many of them have RH negative blood. I think that's where I'm at with this whole thing. But is there anything else we're going to cover of interest before we bring the uh, first hour to a close here? Yeah, well, we're going to look into the idea of targeted individuals as well as, um, you know, you and I had a very interesting discussion yesterday, although it didn't really last that long. I'd really like to close the show out with the notions that you and I were kind of going back and forth about uh, for hour two. So hopefully you'll tune in and hear that. Right. I mean, what this basically all comes down to wherever, you know, I know there's going to be a lot of religious people who, who have a certain point of view, maybe people who aren't so religious, who have a point of view about the idea of the rhesus antigen, the monkey antigen in blood types, which apparently is attributable to 85 percent of us. My big problem here is no different than my big problem with the entire world. I don't think people should go out and do bad things to animals. I don't think that should be done. I don't think it should be tolerated. Um, I don't think people should do bad things to the environment. And when I move that idea back over to people, I don't think it's any different. Whether or not there is truth to the RH factor being directly attributable to the rhesus macaque monkey, which I think there is, um, I don't think that it is correct for a certain group of people to take the idea that we are the real human beings, we were here first, and you people are part monkey, therefore less, therefore need to be eradicated. In the idea of this eradication, we will demonstrate that the Georgia Guidestones, the, the percentages of the numbers put forward on the Georgia Guidestones are a one-to-one -one allegory with the number of people who are RH positive or possess the rhesus macaque antigen in their blood. Um, we're going to do these things in the second hour. Anything you want to add before we wrap it up here for the first hour, Jason? No, I hope that we at least gave everyone a, a good idea of what this is all about, but we're definitely going to tear it apart some more. So look forward to seeing you there, folks. If I had to venture an educated guess, Jason, I would say the topic we're covering here, uh, setting aside the whole Rothschild blood business where they're controlling so much of the blood supply and doing Lord knows what with it, um, this drives a lot of the idea of elite bloodlines, family bloodlines, the betters, the, the royals, the specials, and the rest of us. These are the root ideas that are going to drive this if there is any there there. And I think we can all agree there is, in fact, a there there. And I think if we boil this down to the simplest terms we can think about, I think it comes down to the RH factor and even more so the blood type. O being the most special, of course. Anyhow, I'm going to bring the first hour of Crow Triple Seven Radio Podcast, episode 74, to a close, covering blood types, monkeys, and business around blood. And we got a hell of a lot of stuff we're going to get into that is so critical to the thoughts we have expressed here in the second hour. I hope to see you all over at Crow Triple Seven Radio.com. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> 